Ezekiel 36, 16 to 31. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. Son of man, when the people of Israel were living in their own land, they defiled it by their conduct and their actions. Their conduct was like a woman's monthly uncleanness in my sight. So I poured out my wrath on them because they had shed blood in the land and because they had defiled it with they are idols. I dispersed them among the nations, and they were scattered through the countries. I judged them according to their conduct and their actions. And wherever they went among the nations, they profaned my holy name. For it was said of them, These are the Lord's people, and yet they had to leave his land. I had concern for my holy name, which the house of Israel profaned among the nations where they had gone. Therefore, say to the house of Israel, this is what the Lord says. It is not for your sake, O house of Israel, that I am going to do these things, but for the sake of my holy name, which you have profaned among the nations, where you have gone. I will show the holiness of my great name, which has been profaned among the nations, the name you have profaned among them. Then the nations will know that I am the Lord, declares the sovereign Lord, when I show myself holy through you before their eyes. For I will take you out of the nations. I will gather you from all the countries and bring you back into your own land. I will sprinkle clean water on you, and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all impurities, from all your idols. I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you your hearts of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my laws. You will live in the land I gave your forefathers. You will be my people and I will be your God. I will save you from your uncleanness. I will call for the corn and make it plentiful and will not bring famine upon you. I will increase the fruit of the trees and the crops of the field so that you will no longer suffer disgrace among the nations because of famine. Then you will remember your evil ways and wicked deeds and you will loathe yourselves for your sins and detestable practices. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Thank you very much. This summer, I went to Scotland on the west coast and we hired a little cottage for a week. Um, and out of the window of that cottage, I could see two mountains. And being a man, I felt I needed to climb these mountains. And although it rained for several days, I eventually decided to go anyway. So I walked the three miles or so to the first mountain and started up it. 
And I soon realized that there was no way I was going to get up this mountain before the sun went down. So I descended back down it and started up the second one, which was slightly closer to our house. And um, I got exceedingly dirty and muddy in the valley doing so. And as I climbed up the second mountain, um, I started getting very tired because I'd been walking many miles by now and this was very steep. And as I got over halfway up, the clouds came down and I began not to be able to see where I was going. And although I had a map, I was quite worried that there were some quite steep cliffs around there and I decided that I was going to call it a day and I descended back down the mountain and returned back to my cottage, tired, dirty and had been very lost. So I'd been unable to climb these mountains on my own. And sometimes our lives can seem a bit that way as well. There's a mountain which we climb, and even as a Christian, in our Christian faith, it can seem that way. We've got this mountain that we need to climb, and we simply can't do it on our own. We end up tired because the circumstances of life get us worn down. We get ourselves dirty The truth is, we're not quite the people we would like to be, and we end up hiding the dirt inside us, hoping no one will notice whether we're Christians or not. And sometimes we're just plain lost. We've been doing this for a while, and we're really not quite sure where we're going. We know something about Christianity, or maybe if you don't have a faith, you just simply don't know quite what life's about. Well, today's passage, I believe, speaks very powerfully into our situation, and it's a wonderful refreshment to us as God's Word uh, speaks to us about just being tired, dirty, and lost. And it's set in Ezekiel, who was the prophet prophesying before and during the exile, the time when God's people, who had chosen to go their own way, got sent out from the promises of God and the promised land. They'd got separated. And the bit we're going to see today is going to be the bit really what's going to happen after that. And it might speak powerfully into our situation. So do open the Bible if you have it. It's page 867. And let's dive straight in to God's Word. And it's interesting, in fact, it even starts that way. Again, the word of the Lord came to me. And a wonderful thing is, is that when we're tired, dirty, and lost, God's word is just the thing we need to give us direction of where we need to go. And it was so for the people of God then. And so in verse 17, it is what I was saying before, the reason they got sent into exile for all the things that they had done wrong. They'd got separated from God. They were doing it their own way. They were following their own idols. And that reference it makes to women is not suggesting women are somehow sinful in that way. It's a picture of um, blood being ceremonially unclean. So it's a picture of being separated from God. And that's what the people of God were. They were separated from him from doing their own thing. And verse 18 and 19 starts to show us exactly what the consequences were to them going their own way and living life their own way. But it's God who gets the reputation. And in verse 20 and 21, we see that God's name is profaned. It's God who gets the reputation of the people when they go their own way and not follow him. And in the Old Testament, the name of God, you cannot separate from God himself. So if you were smearing the name of God, you were actually smearing God with dirt. And that's what the people of God were doing and sometimes what we might do. 
Because we today, if we call ourselves Christians, carry the name of God as well. The very name Christian has the word Christ in it, or children of God, or many other titles, wonderful titles we have. But all of them mean that we carry the name of God. And so how we behave is really important, and how we follow God is really important. And we don't go our own way. And sometimes we can deceive ourselves even as Christians to start coming into see it a lot today. And as was the time of the people of God then, we get into the bless me Lord, I'm off here and I'm still the people of God, but follow me in what I'm doing and take care of me in all my circumstances. Instead of saying, I want to be a blessing to you God, I will follow you wherever you take me and I will take care of those around me and the things of God. So what is our true main focus in our lives? It's good to ask us that if we carry the name of God. Is it our wealth, our status, our health, our self? How do we spend our time, our money, ourselves? Quite helpfully, once somebody challenged me, what percentage of my life was truly given to God? What percentage of my time? And I'm not talking about doing full-time Christian work, I'm talking about being a full-time Christian in whatever you do. What about your money? What percentage of that is owned by God? What percentage of yourself is owned by God, if that's what the path that you've chosen? And if you today do not have a faith, then you need to know that God wants every part of you. And I struggled when I was looking at Christianity because I didn't think it was right that God would ask me to give the one thing that he'd given me, my life. And if we look at verse 22, we see that in fact, it is actually all about God, the creator of the universe, the sovereign Lord. It's about him, not us. That's why we must belong to him. And verse 22 reveals, I will show myself holy through you. God will be set apart in us. He will reveal his purity, his holiness in us, me and you, if you choose to be God's people. And he says it twice just to emphasize it in that verse alone. God reveals himself through his church. It's all about God, not me or you. So what's God's answer to this problem? Well, he does answer it. And in verse 24, we see that God calls his people back to himself despite all that they'd done. They realized that they can't follow their own way And live in his promises and blessing. But is God calling you back to himself today? Whether you know God or not. Is today the day that God is calling you back to give your all to him? You see, the solution to this though is not ours. It's God's. You see, it's all about God and the solution is all about God as well. You see, the world says, work hard, succeed to be accepted. And you might look back on your life and think, I haven't really made it. But God's answer is so, so very different. God says, come to me as you are and admit your weakness. Come to me as you are and admit your weakness so different than the world we live in. 
You see, it's not about praying more, reading the Bible more, praising God in a certain way. No. It's about come back humbly to an intimacy with God. How does God do this? Remembering that the solution is God's. Well, we're going to look in the passage now and see how he does it. He's going to deal with our past problem. He's going to deal with our present. And he's going to deal with our future. First, verse 25. Let me read that. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your impurities and your idols. Note that I will, God will do it. You see, God purifies us. And we know today that that work is a work done on the cross of Jesus Christ. He died in our place, so we don't have to. The work was done already on the cross by God. It is not our work. It is not for us to to live condemned, I've done this dreadful thing. And we do, don't we? We have things hidden that we don't want other people to know about. And God says to us, turn to me, turn around, repent, and I will cleanse you. Come with your sins, name them, name them to God, those things you don't want anyone else to know, and give them, for his work is already done. Just lay them before him, and he will cleanse you. Do you today need to truly repent? There's no sin that cannot be forgiven. Do you need to repent today to God from your heart? Verse 26, he deals with our present. He replaces our heart of stone with a heart of flesh. The very thing which corrupts us, our heart. And we need to admit that, that our heart does, is corrupted. God gives us a new heart which causes us to be softened. Is your heart like stone today? Do you feel distant from God? Do you feel cold about God? Is he intimate? Is he that intimate loving God? Or is he cold? Does he speak to you today? Or is he silent? These are signs that God may be cold and your heart may be hardened. Do you need to declare your need for God to change your heart? And once again, remember, it's all about God. The solution is Him. You lay your heart before Him and you say, Lord, take my heart. Give me a new heart. I've become cold. He's dealt with our past. He's dealt with our present. Now He moves on to our very, our very future and our desire to sin. Verse 27, a new spirit He puts in you to follow His decrees. Let's just look at that in you. In you. Intimate, you see. Intimate. Think about it. The Spirit of God which raised Christ from the dead lives in you if you've given your life to Christ. And if God's Spirit lives in you, all of a sudden, all things become possible. All things are possible because it's not about you. It's about God. How many of us try so hard to live good lives, but fail trying? We want to be good. We want to climb that mountain. Well, the solution is not in us. It's in God's spirit. To cry out to mercy for help, 
and to say to God's Spirit, God's Spirit, I cannot do this. Help me. I don't desire your things. But so many of us live in that condemned state. Oh, I've sinned again. I've done this. I want to pray more. I want to worship better. I want to read the Bible more. And we feel condemned. When God says, come to me, my spirit will give you those desires. You see, God himself leads to God. It's a mistake to think that prayer and Bible study leads to God. God leads to God. Christ leads to God. And then his spirit comes and dwells in us and gives us those desires. It's not wrong to strive to want to read the Bible, to pray, to praise God. But we must understand that the strength and ability to do that comes not from us, but from the Spirit of God. It's all about Him, not us. So what is the result after all of this? Our past, our present, and our future dealt with. Well, verse 28 says this. You will be my people and you will receive my promises. The promises will belong to you. I will make you holy. See how it's all about God. I will do this work, not us. He will cleanse you. He will cleanse you. Verse 30, you will receive every blessing. You'll receive all that you need in your life. Maybe not what you want, but all that you need and in abundance. And it's really interesting, the last verse that we had today. Verse 31, because it talks about how much you'll hate your sins. Right at the end, after all of this. And it's because when you draw close to God, you see yourself for who you truly are. I had a house which we painted white in the summer. It snowed in the winter. And our house, our nice white house, looked dirty against the snow. And it's like that for us. When we draw next to the purity of God, we see ourselves. And once more, we must come with our hands outstretched in humility and say, God, do this work again in me. So in summary, are you tired, dirty, and lost? Well, the foundation of this is to know that it's all about God. Unlike the people in Israel, they'd lost their track, and we can too. It's all about God, not us. A hundred percent of us. And how do we get there? Well, we repent and we let God's cross do the work as we lay our sins before him. Secondly, we declare our need for a new heart because ours is corrupt. Again, the work of God. Thirdly, we humble ourselves and say, Holy Spirit, I can't do this. I can't pray. I can't worship. I can't read your word. I need you. Come. And do this work in me. And he promises he will cleanse you. He will give you a new heart. And he will give you a new spirit. But a caution as I close. This is not a one-off event. This is a lifetime. It's a relationship. An intimate relationship with God. And every day we must come. And present ourselves to God. Our weakness to God. And ask that he might equip us to live, that his name will not be profaned, that the name of God will not be profaned. So what's the next step? Well, I'm going to pray now, and I've got an invitation for you if you would like to. And that is actually to kneel in the seat where you're sitting. If you're physically able to, if you're not, just tell God that that's what you're doing. As an act of humility, that you want to start on that journey to follow God in his strength, 
100%. And for those of you who are not ready to do that, you have absolute permission and feel no guilt because it is a big step to just stay in your seat as well. But if you would like to, there's another offer I have, which is that we have our Alpha up and coming. We've had our celebration, but the main course starts in two weeks' time on a Wednesday. Come and ask. But the thing I ask you not to do is to do nothing. Life is too short, and it's too important to do nothing. So let's pray. And if you feel able to do that, I invite you to physically to kneel before God now that he might come and start that work today. And every day you might metaphorically, but now I'm going to ask you literally to fall to your knees if you're able to do that and ask God to start that passage in him. So let's pray now. Heavenly Father, Thank you that you are a God of mercy and grace. Thank you that the work of returning to you is your work and not ours. That there is nothing we can do to be holy except to open our hands and say, Lord, do this work in me. And Lord, for each person here, I pray that you might do that work. And remind us tomorrow, Lord, for the work that you want to do in us the next day and the next. And Lord, thank you for the hearts of humility here today. And for those who are not yet ready, pray that you might work in them, answer their questions, and lead them to yourself, that your name may be glorified, that you may be glorified in your church today. Amen.